This episode is brought to you by Happy Mammoth. Listen, over the last weekend, I went to a family reunion. And unfortunately, that fell on that particular time of the month that all of the women know what I'm talking about. So I had an attitude. I wanted to eat everything. And I was in the South, which means I wanted to eat everything that was terrible for me. And overall, I just wasn't feeling it. I had a great time, just wasn't feeling like myself. Now it's easier to manage PMS with estro control. Happy Mammoth, the company that created Hormone Harmony, is dedicated to making women's lives easier. And that means using only science-backed ingredients that have been proven to work for women. They make no compromise when it comes to quality, and it shows. Hormone Harmony contains science-backed herbal extracts called adaptogens. Now, here's the beauty about adaptogens. They help the body adapt to any stressors, like chaotic hormonal changes that happen naturally throughout a woman's life. For a limited time, you can get 15% off your entire first order at happymammoth.com. Just use the show code BLESSED at checkout. That's happymammoth.com and use the code BLESSED for 15% off today. Hey guys, before we start today's episode, I just want to give a shout out to everybody who came out to our tour stop in Chicago. It was so amazing. We, My message was about poverty breakers and I just believe it was something special about Chicago and everybody who was in the room. And I believe, I genuinely believe that everybody that was there is called to greatness and that everybody in that room was a poverty breaker. And we really went in on the subject and how they could start breaking poverty off their bloodline and and unleashing generational wealth. So I'm just still on a high from yesterday's tour, but I wanted to remind you guys that we're almost done. Our last tour stop is, is September 8th in DC. So listen here. If you have not been to the tour, you could go to my YouTube and see some recap videos. You could go to my Instagram at Tatum Tamia, or you can go to at Blessed and Bossed Up and see the recap pictures and videos. You could look in the comments and see the experience that people had. But let me tell you, if you have not been to any one of these stops, you must come to the last one. The last one is September 8th in Washington, D.C., Tickets are at GodIsMyCEOTour.com. There, uh, the event will be at the Intercontinental Hotel at the Wharf. Now, if y'all from D.C., y'all know the Wharf is super nice. And this hotel is really, really nice. So I'm just so excited about what's going to happen in D.C. We got some special guests coming. Y'all know I'm from D.C. So it's about to really get real. We about to show off for this one. This is definitely going to be a grand finale. So again, if you do not have your tickets, go to GodIsMyCEOTour.com and get your tickets now. All right, let's start the show. Work hard for what you want in life. You work hard for what you want in life. That, that, that your word is your bond, that you do what you say you're going to do. That your word is your bond, and you do what you say. That you treat people with dignity and respect. That you treat, 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 treat people with respect. Reach of your dreams and your willingness to work hard. The strength of your dreams and your willingness to work for them. Hey guys, welcome to another episode of the Blessed and Bossed Up podcast. I'm hype about this episode because we have a Blessed and Bossed Up OG, like one of our frequent guests who is coming back. I think 
your last interview was like eight months ago. I went and checked because I was curious. So it was like around, it was definitely after November of 2018. So let's welcome back Raven, no longer Raven Jones, but Raven Hoquette to the podcast. Woo, woo, woo. Welcome hey, Raven. <laughs> yeah. So let's kind of just catch up before we get into today's topic. We're going to be talking about being supernaturally paid. Like this whole series is about living a supernatural life, a life where and people are going to be able to know that God is with you just based off of how your life is set up. And so for today's episode, we're talking about money, which is a topic that everybody in business want to talk about. But before we get into that, like catch us up. Like the last time you were on the show, you were publicly engaged, but privately married. So <laughs> walk us through like what's been going on since then. What made you guys get married? Um, prior to the wedding and telling people about it, just catch us up. So first of all, I have to shout out the Blessed and Bossed Up podcast and you, Tatum, because I feel like I've gotten so much love from this podcast and it just feels so good um, for people to constantly say, oh, I heard your interview on Tatum's podcast and you know, your audience just always shows me a lot of love. So I'm really excited about today's episode as well. And just to kind of catch you guys up, because it's been eight months, like you said, since my last interview, but it feels like it's been an eternity when I think about all the things that have happened like in between time. So what was interesting about the last interview that you and I did, I know you were actually one of the people that Tim and I, you know, entrusted with our little secret. So you knew that we were married, but the public didn't know. So I remember even when we were doing the interview, it was like so hard for me. Like I was trying to make sure like I didn't, you know, slip up and say certain things and then like people be confused and all that stuff. So that was like a really, really funny experience for me. Um, but yeah, it's been a lot of stuff. So we got married back in November. We literally got married two days after he proposed. He proposed on November the 3rd. We got married on November the 5th, like that Monday, went to the courthouse in D.C. I actually can remember like calling Tatum because I'm not from D.C. I'm from Baltimore. So I can remember calling Tatum like, girl, how do I do this? And where's the courthouse even at? Like, I didn't know like what was like going on. <laughs> so, you know, we got married. And when we got married, you know, you, you hear stories where people say things like when you get married, like everything changes and it doesn't matter how much you knew a person and blah, blah, blah. And I think that I wasn't concerned about like him changing, but I wasn't expecting a lot of the other things that would change. Like, for example, the dynamics of things in my business. And that's why I'm so excited to talk about this topic of being supernaturally paid because we're all, for the most part, I'm guessing everybody that's listening is, is a woman of God. And you know the order. You know, God comes first, it's your husband, it's the children, and then it's the businesses. Ain't no more, it's just you, and God comes first, and then it's the business. And so, you know, I never have been married before. So I had to really learn how do I really conform to this order? Because if I'm not conforming to this order, therefore I'm out of order. <laughs> you know, and I'm going to be reprimanded in some kind of way. 
spiritually for that. So that is definitely something that has been a journey. I'm really excited to open up more about that in today's interview. A few months after we got married, we relocated from D.C. to Dallas. So that was a big thing because we completely just like we thought we were going to be moving in May. God said March. So we had to pack up like all of our bags, all of our stuff on really short notice. So it has definitely been a whirlwind. And then literally the day after we moved to Dallas, that's when we found out that baby Hokits was coming. So it's just been like constant, um, just back to back miracles and, and just back to back, like, you know, God just like doing all these different things in my life. And, you know, it's so funny because you hear about women getting married and, you know, having kids and all of that stuff. And the first thing that people try to tell you is like, girl, you know, you're going to have to slow down, girl, you know, you mm-hmm. can't taking those trips and, you know, you can't do this and, you know, you can't and, and blah, blah, blah. And and that's why, like, when I saw what Tatum was even calling this series, like, it just struck a chord in me because I'm just like, yes, yes, yes. Like, super naturally paid. Like, when, when you get into that season of your life, even if maybe you're already in that season, maybe you're already married and you have children, but maybe you and your husband are having another child soon, or maybe y'all are getting ready to relocate to a place that, you know, y'all don't really know that many people. And, you know, it's it's always transitions that you go through and that you experience. And, you know, you got to have that supernatural faith <laughs> to match, you know, mm-hmm. if you want that supernatural paycheck. And so these last, like, not, it's been nine months, um, now actually since we've been married. So these last nine months is definitely, definitely been a journey. Um, Those have been, I guess I would say the biggest things that I've had going on in my personal life. And then in terms of business, God has just completely just shifted everything. Um, I remember at the beginning of this year, I prayed a very specific prayer. And my prayer was that if it's anybody around me who their spirit is not right, if it's anybody around me who's coming to my events and they're basically coming to my events just to kind of cause any type of chaos or their heart is not in the right place, my prayer was that God block those people. That that was my, it was a very simple prayer. And you know, when you pray about stuff, you know, when you speak it out there and you, you put that authority on it, don't expect God to not move. Mm-hmm. And so- I remember when I had my first event of the year, I did the uh, pink slip experience down in Miami and it was a big plane, plane incident or something like a couple of weeks prior. But like I said, it was a couple of weeks prior. So I didn't think it was something at all that would affect my event and literally attendees, people that had paid for tickets, people that had paid for rooms started dropping like flies calling and emailing and saying like, oh, my flight got completely canceled. I can't make it and da, 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 da. And I remember I had a moment where I was so frustrated. I was so just like, oh my goodness, you know, I've had this event. I've came down here and, you know, did all of this. I got these speakers and now it's going to be like 50% less people in the audience than, than got tickets. And I just remember being so frustrated and God specifically spoke to me and said, what did you pray for? What was your prayer? And I'm just sitting there dumbfounded because I'm like, Ooh, you know, whoa, 
But that's how much God is not playing about his people. You you can't be around everybody. And, and sometimes that season that you go through, it's going to feel like it's a setback. It's going to feel like you're missing out on something. It's going to feel like, why are my numbers going down? Why, why is it not the same amount of people registering for my events? Or why is it not the same amount of people following me on social media or, or blah, blah, blah. But when God wants to come in and he wants to really just restore a bunch of things and he wants to do something new, sometimes he got a clean house first. And I feel like for me, definitely, I would say definitely in the last six months, that's what he has been doing, cleaning house in my business, cleaning house with my social media, cleaning house with who is coming to my events. Like he's just been like completely cleaning everything up. And it's just been a beautiful process to be able to say that I'm completely surrendered and I'm just sitting back and just truly letting Jesus take the wheel. And I'm just in the passenger seat, like, okay, you know, whatever, wherever we going to next, that that's what we're doing. So those have been, I guess you could say my biggest updates since our last interview. Yeah. And I think that's the, the supernatural part is the, is to me better than the being paid part because Mm -hmm. God knows what you need beyond the bottom line. Like he's a provider. So he'll get the people out the room that don't need to be there. Like you being very newly pregnant, barely (laughs) got adjusted to that because you were in Dallas. Then you got this uh, multi-day event you got to put on. He knew who didn't need to be in the room, but he did also make sure that you were well provided for and not just the money, but in the attendance. Everybody can't be touching you. Everybody can't be talking to you. Everybody can't be in your space, but the hotel is still going to get paid for. The food is still going to get paid for. Your business is still going to be doing well. Like that's the supernatural part. And I think one thing, even though we're going to talk about like getting paid and stuff like that in our business, don't allow your desire to be paid to minimize God's part in it. Cause he will, like you said, just come and clean house. And usually people will think like, Oh, she not posting like she used to, maybe something is going wrong. Like, Oh, she's, this is, she just got pregnant. So she's not going to be out here doing things in her business. Like, um, that's not how that works. Mm -hmm. God didn't, didn't create it to where you could only be successful if you were single and childless. That's, that's not, it like he's going to give us all the desires of our heart and the capacity to be able to handle it. So with your business now having these new roles, what are some ways that you adjusted it so that you're able to have the capacity? Yeah, it that has definitely been like a huge part of my transition because for me, like there's I I never was really one of those women who when I was like in my early 20s, I was putting like a a timeline on marriage and stuff. Like, I feel like when I was in my early 20s, I was so busy just indulged into my business and indulged into becoming successful that I kind of wasn't even like really thinking about those things. I knew that I wanted them, but it was just kind of like, you know, whenever they happen, whatever, you know, they happen. And so I say all that to say, I was one of those girls that um, when everything came about, like when me and my husband connected and, you know, all of that stuff, I wasn't like looking for that, you know, that's, that's something that happened in, in God's timing. And, you know, when him and I started, um, courting, that was back in 2016, I had been self-employed for almost five years at that time. So y'all got to think, 
five years is a long time. I have been now I have been self-employed for five years, but I have been in business for like six, seven years. That's a long time to to be in business, you know, prior to your life changing in this way. And even though I had had like relationships, I mean, you might as well call them situationships, whatever, in the past. Um, it, it definitely was never anybody in my life until my husband that had my attention enough that, you know, I felt the need to put my business behind that person. Absolutely not. You know, that was always something that was only a privilege that my husband was going to have. Um, people that I dealt with in the past, I didn't even talk to them, you know, about my business. So the first adjustment was first and foremost, understanding that this person is not, you know, just some guy. He's actually, he's my husband. He's my purpose partner. And so I need to be able to open up to him about my business. I need to open up to him about what I have going on, how I may need his help. I need to be open to his ideas because, you know, my husband is an entrepreneur as well. Um, He has lots of great ideas. My husband is like very creative, like um, even like this, this uh, whole cohort that you and I are going to talk about a little bit later, my husband is the one who gave me the name for that. (laughs) Like, it's like, we be, we do not be playing in here. We be having whole mastermind sessions and everything. And so I had to just kind of really just be open um, to allowing him to come into my world in that way. And, you know, like I said, that was a transition. That was a a big kind of growing experience for me because that wasn't something that I was doing in the past. And then another thing that I had to really change, I used to be one of those people that I would almost like let my clients get away with murder. Like if somebody had like a a three o'clock call schedule with me and it was 2.55 and that person called me and said, hey, can we push my call to six o'clock? If six o'clock was open on my calendar, I would be like, girl, absolutely. Yeah, like I used to be that person. But as soon as like we got married, I had to really start to change a lot of things with like being like so flexible because sometimes if you allow people to do that one time or two times, then now all of a sudden every time you have a call with them, they're trying to move the time. And, you know, so I had to realize that with my schedule, my schedule comes first. You know, my schedule... My schedule for my household is a priority over my schedule for my business. Um, that was one lesson. And then another thing I had to realize, I cannot take as many one-on-one clients. Um, that was really hard for me because anybody who has ever came to any of my events or anyone that's ever met me, like I'm really personable. I like to be like, you know, up close. I'm a hugger. Like, I'm definitely not that person that's like, download my worksheet and go mind your business. Like I, <laughs> I was not really into that. And, and so it was really hard for me to kind of just like take that crown off or not take it off. Cause it's not that I don't offer one-on-one coaching, but I had to get even more selective about who I'm working with. I had to be even more mindful about how many people I was taking on. And I remember back in maybe like May, um, God was speaking to me like during one of my moments of fasting and he was just saying like, Raven, I need you to let go. I'm trying to make things easier for you. I'm trying to make things easier for you. And previously it had, it had always been difficult 
for me to offer any kind of program that was over the course of like a group structure, because I always felt like, are people really going to get anything out of this? Are they really going to do the work? Like, I just always was like, so fearful because anything I do, I'm operating in integrity. I don't want it to just be like, let me go and offer this to these people so I can make a quick coin. Like to me, like my consistent coin comes from people getting great results and then telling other people, Hey, I did this and I got amazing results. And so I tried like my very first like group style program back in April was when we started. And it was a really, really big success. It was lots of people um, that ended up being a part of it and, and seeing great results for their businesses. And so that really just changed like my whole perception of that because it wasn't something that I just kind of made up like, all right, let me just do this real quick. I really just allow God to just lead me on how should I do this? You know, what is it that you, how do you want me to set this up? What is it that we're talking about on a week to week basis? And it just has been really, really, really blessed. Um, another thing that changed up for me as well was like the whole social media thing. It's interesting that you mentioned people probably feel like, oh, what's going on? She's not on social media. That means that she's not doing anything and da, 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 da. You know, God has truly shown me in this season that you don't need to have everybody knowing your every move for their approval. God knew what I was doing. He knew that I was still working. He knew that I was still growing my businesses. He knew that I was still serving people. And it just taught me a big lesson because sometimes we think that we always just got to be so present. Sometimes we think like, if I'm not in my story sharing what I cooked for dinner last night, people going to think I'm not a good wife. If I'm not in my story and I'm not saying this is coming soon, people going to think I don't have nothing going on. I don't need to tell nobody what's coming soon if I don't want to. You'll see it when it gets here. That's it. Mm -hmm. I don't need to tell you that I'm working on this all the time and working on that all the time. But it really, it helped me with that because I feel like we live in such a society where you got to be on a thousand all the time. Like if you're not on a thousand, you ain't on. You need to go and sit. Like, you know, that's kind of like how people feel. But I'm like, no, I, I'm on a thousand for Jesus. <laughs> and being on a thousand for him means that I'm letting him lead me and tell me like what I need to be doing. And if he's telling me I don't need to be on social media right now, then I don't need to be on social media. And that was a big thing for me because being a business coach to so many people, you got people looking at you like, well, why are you telling me I got to post on social media and you ain't been on in two weeks? You know, then you got to kind of explain to people like what's going on with you. But this has also been like, like I said, a big season of learning for me, because to me, like being a business coach to so many people, I'm always constantly trying things in my business. I'm like the queen of experimenting. Like I'm going to try this. I'm going to try. Like I, I love to try different things because when a client comes to me and asks me about something then I'm not teaching them based off of theory. I'm actually teaching them based off of experience. I'm actually able to say, hey, I tried that. It didn't work for me. Or I tried that. It was really, really successful for me. And it's crazy. When I was on social media, like really, really actively on social media posting a lot, I was still doing well financially. 
but I wasn't doing well in the way that I wanted to do well. I, my One of my biggest goals for 2019 was to start generating more passive income. In January and February, back when I was like really, really still active on social media, I was getting passive income, but it was kind of like here and there. You know, it was like, mm, okay, I see a receipt coming. Like it wasn't, it wasn't consistently. The mm-hmm. second that I got quiet and I listened and I got off of social media and I really started to engage even more with my email list. Like, I mean, I need to really do a whole case study on how like my passive income has even grown because even the amount of transactions that we've done, I would say from March to what is this August, it's double the amount of transactions that we did all year in 2018. And that's just from March to August. That's only five months. We still got, you know, September, October, we still got all of this time left. So I'm just like, I know that my passive income is going to quadruple. But I, I say all that to say, like, there's so much value in really listening to what God is telling you to do. Because stepping back and getting quiet does not mean that you're going to be in a season of not making money. It doesn't mean, you know, that you're going to be in a season of, I, I had a bunch of wins, but now I'm ready to take a bunch of, it doesn't mean that. Like he's mm-hmm. trying to show you something and he definitely showed me something with that. That's good. And, and you mentioned your email list because a lot of people these days, it's it's so funny because it's like the second one thing becomes like popular, then there's always like an opposite coming up. So like, because social media marketing has just become this massive thing over the last few years, now is everybody like, you don't need social media to be successful. Come learn from me on how to do it. Like everybody got an opinion, a product, a service for literally every single thing. And it's like exhausting. And I can only imagine how it is for somebody who's just getting into business and trying to figure things out. It's like, which way do you even go at this point? This person telling me to do this. This person is telling me to do that. This person is telling me to do this. Like, where do I start? So how would you suggest that the person that's just getting into business structure their business in a way to where they're able to, one, figure out what is going to work for them, and then two, capitalize that enough to where they're seeing the money come in? Yeah, I feel so much sympathy sometimes for people who are just starting out. It's like on one hand, I get excited for them because I feel like they have access to so many things that I did not have access to like back when I was starting my business. But then the downside of that is that it's so much stuff that a lot of these people are being confused. And don't get me started on them like seeing these people saying, Girl, I started my business Monday and Tuesday I was a millionaire. So that's another oh thing to deal with, you know, is people basically telling these lies like they were an overnight success. So when you're building something and it's taking a little bit of time, these people who are new and emerging entrepreneurs, they're looking like, is something wrong with me? Is it, you know, they're, they're looking like maybe they're not cut out for this. Maybe, you know, they're mm-hmm. not supposed to be an entrepreneur. So one of the things that I would say to someone who is like a new entrepreneur, that's kind of just like, what is it that I do? How, where do I start? Like, what, what's the next step? I think that one of the first things that you have to do is you got to step out of the laboratory. Mm-hmm. I am realizing from working with so many people recently 
who are like in the startup phase versus in the transition um, phase from their nine to five, people want to sit back and they want to plan. They want to plan. They want to plan. Like y'all are taking these planners to the head. Seriously. Like don't nobody want to get out of the lab. They just want to sit back. They want to write everything down. And I think that people want to do that because it can be a scary feeling because once you put it out there, it's like you got to be able to follow through with whatever it is that you're saying. But until you start testing certain things in your business, you are never actually going to know what are those marketing strategies that specifically work for your business? That's like if I say, for example, I have a podcast. Anybody who maybe listens to my podcast, I don't update my podcast weekly. I might get on there and do a couple episodes. Y'all might not hear from me again for another three months. Basically, <laughs> I'm not with them with the podcast. Like that's that's not what's happening. But I would never say podcasts are not a great form of marketing because just because it maybe doesn't work for me and my business the way that it worked for Tatum and her business or this person's business or that person, that does not mean that it doesn't work. But how would Tatum have ever figured that out if she was still sitting back planning out this podcast and not executing it? You wouldn't know. You you have to get out there and you got to actually execute to see what works for your business. Um, another reason why like that's really important as well too is because you can do all the research in the world, but ultimately, in my opinion, it's your audience that's really gonna tell you what they need and what they want from you. Because one of the things that I was doing, of course, Pink Slip Prep School is very heavily focused on helping people transition and get out of their nine to five. I would say maybe towards the middle of like 2018, I started to realize that my open rate on my emails was going down. I started to realize that when I would do like free classes or challenges about like how to leave your job, it wasn't like getting as many registrants. And, you know, I started paying attention like, well, wait a minute, you know, what's going on? And as I started to communicate with my email list even more, communicate with my, you know, our community and, and just share certain things, that's when I started to realize, oh, wait a minute, my audience has shifted a little bit and it's not taken over now by people who are necessarily ready to leave their job because a lot of them do not have a business yet. So once I started shifting what I was talking about and gearing it more towards startups, gearing it more towards people who were trying to get Take, take themselves from idea to actually making income, that's when people started responding. But I would have never known that if I would have just been sitting back and being quiet. So I think that when you're a new business owner, you have to be open to trying different things. And some of those things may make you uncomfortable. Another thing too, to me, I feel like when you're marketing your business as a, as a new business owner, Yes, ultimately the goal is to make money. That that's the ultimate goal of any business, period. But your main focus or the biggest thing that's on your mind needs to be building trust and building relationships. So many people are offering something and have not yet earned the right to make an offer. You have not built up trust with people. You don't know what they want. You just started your social media account 
yesterday and now today you're telling me to buy something. I don't know you. I don't know what this is. I don't know if you even going to send it to me if I order it. I don't know if you're even going to provide me this service. Like I have to be able to build that trust. So just, just think about it as building relationships with people. I feel like I'm able to do so well with my community because of the relationships that I have with them. It's, it's not about, oh, Raven's selling something, Raven's offering something. We've built a rapport. We've built up relationships. And that would be like one of my main focuses with my marketing as a new business owner to, to market, to build relationships with my tribe. The money is definitely going to come. Yeah, that's really, really good. And I would even add, like I was reading recently that data is the world's most valuable resource. Like it used to be oil, but now it's data. And Mm -hmm. I think one of the most valuable things that anybody can do is to start to shift your mindset from consumer to business owner, because then you'll start to like see things differently. Because I know for me, when I'm on social media now, like I'm not, I can't really look at much as a consumer anymore. If I see something going on, I'm thinking about like the back end. Like, I wonder what that, what that is, or people are responding really well to that. I wonder what their angle is. Like I'm looking at everything from that standpoint. And even like with social media now, when I look at it, it's just a bunch of, a bunch of like feelings for one, when it comes to like the consumers, everybody's on there sharing their opinions and their feelings and arguing with people about whatever's going on in the world. Then from the business owner standpoint, it's a lot of like, look at me, look at me. I'm so great now because I'm so great. Buy from me. And so then I'm thinking like, it's really easy to stand out in the noise because if you offer something valuable, you just eliminated 80% of everybody else does on here. Mm-hmm. Because like I said, from the business owner stuff, all they're doing is talking about looking at me. But if I come on here and if I'm selling a event about podcasting, I'm going to come on here and talk to you about how valuable podcasts are using results, whether it be from my show or other shows that I've helped. So it's easy to talk about it or like for you, you could get on and do one live and be like, hey, um, I had these clients or hey, Tatum was my client when she first got into entrepreneurship. Now she has a podcast that reaches 250,000 people every month. She's been self-employed for two mm-hmm. years. You ain't got to say nothing else. You know yeah. what I mean? Because you're providing real value. Mm-hmm. And so... um and then when it comes to data, as, as you guys go out and like execute, always have some type of numbers to what you're doing. Yeah. So if you're selling via, or let's say if you're doing email marketing, you should know all the numbers, the conversion rate, the open rate, the click rate. Why aren't people converting after they click? Why aren't people opening? Or why are people opening this email versus that email? If you're on social media, okay, I spent two hours today on social media. How much money did I make? Did this really matter? Was this a value? Did I build any real trust with my audience? Like whatever it is that you're doing, data. Because data will literally tell you everything that you need to know. Yep, absolutely. It's it's a lot of people trying to build businesses off of feelings and it just doesn't work like that. It's like your feelings is cool, but in order for you to see the results you're trying to see, you got to do something of value. So I want to ask some questions from the audience. I posted in my stories that we were going to be recording and people are like flooding me with questions. So I'm like, cool. I ain't even got to ask you much. I'm about to just let them ask everything they want to ask about money. So are you ready? 
Yes, I'm excited. <laughs> <laughs> okay, cool. So the first person says, what about salary? Bare minimum or treat yourself? Oh, that's a good one, especially being directed towards me. Um, <laughs> I feel like that's one of the things that God has really just kind of worked on in me. Um, like I said, for a very long time, it was just me. And so I didn't really have to really kind of make certain financial decisions in front of another person. You know, if I wanted to pay myself enough to be able to go and buy this bag or do this or do that, you know, I could do that without having to, you know, kind of do those things in front of somebody else. And they looking like, dang, you got another package? Like, you know, I, I have to worry about those things. So I think that my um, biggest piece of advice with salary is always do not embezzle money from your company. Again, that's good. That's good. Do not <laughs> embezzle money from your company. And I remember when I first like said that to someone, they were like, embezzle, you didn't have to use that word. And that's so true. <laughs> but I'm like, no, that's how real it is. There are a lot of people embezzling money from their company to basically support a certain lifestyle. And I was definitely that person five, six years ago. Like when my business finally got into a place where it was making good money, I felt like, oh, well, I need to drive this. I need to do this. I need, I got to go hit. Like I was definitely that person that, that got caught up, but you don't want to embezzle money from your company because your business is like a baby. It always needs something. And until your business gets to a certain point where maybe you have like the brand recognition where sponsors are saying, hey, here's $100,000, go do an event. Or, hey, here's $100,000, go, you know, get some advertisers for your podcast or whatever. Until you get to that place, it's going to be you that's bankrolling that. And what happens if you don't have it? Um, I'll give you guys an example. We've done four events since March of 2018. Not just, you know, events where we're like, hey, come and talk to me for 30 minutes. I mean, this is like multi-day events, any kind of event, even if it's only one day, if it's an in-person event, it's a big cost that's behind it, especially if you're having it at a hotel. So we've had all of these events at hotels. And, you know, what people don't understand is that when we have these events, I have to sign a contract way before the first ticket is sold. I have to agree and say, here's what I'm going to meet for this room block. Here's what I'm going to need for this minimum food and beverage. You know, I have to commit to all those things. So basically, you know, I'm I'm betting that this is going to work. You know, I, I, I'm, I'm betting that, you know, God is basically pointing me in the right direction in terms of telling me like what I need to do. But I can't imagine God telling me to do those events and then I go and I would have spent that money on something else. Because first of all, it's not my money, it's his money. And I think for me, that always just helps me with like, anytime I'm just having like a thought in my business where I'm just like, dang, you know, I didn't put this out, I put that out. But it's like, no, I've put it on good ground. You know, I've put it into something useful. It's not like I got five cars sitting outside 
And I'm only one person that can only drive one car at a time. So don't embezzle money from your company because you don't know what your company is going to need it for. So I'm not saying like this isn't me saying, oh, give yourself the bare minimum, only pay yourself, you know, a hundred dollars a week. But I know for me, I like to go based off of percentages. That's something I started doing a few years ago, and it's been like really, really helpful for me. So basically what I do is I pay myself a percentage, a certain percentage of what comes in. So that helps because as entrepreneurs, one of the beautiful things about what we do is that we can always increase our bottom line. You know, it's very rare that every single month you make the exact same amount down to the penny. That's really, really rare. So when you pay yourself based off of a percentage, instead of saying, hey, I'm going to just pay myself automatically, you know, this particular amount, it can be really helpful. Now, when you get to a place where you're making millions and millions of dollars, it may be easier to set a certain amount to pay yourself because you know, like what's coming in. But it really just depends on, I would say, like where you are, because I do also realize that sometimes, especially for people who are in, a, in the startup phase of being in your business, and maybe you are just, you know, newly self-employed, if you're only bringing in $2,500 a month as a newly self-employed person, it's going to be really, really, really hard to say, I'm only paying myself, you know, $300 a month. Your rent alone may be like $1,000. Um, so you got to really kind of look over like your expenses. And I would say that's something that you want to be evaluating constantly. Like, I'm evaluating my expenses constantly every month. Like, and when I tell y'all big or small, they're being evaluated. Like literally yesterday, last night, I went on Wix.com and canceled the website that I was paying $15 for. I'm not playing. Like that $15, like y'all might look at that like, girl, that ain't nothing. That's almost like what, 200 something dollars a year. That's mm-hmm. $200 a year. I could put to something else. No. I'm definitely not that person that subscribed to a bunch of crazy stuff and it's coming out of my, no, I'm looking like, wait a minute, what is this? Like Hulu is about to start getting evaluated as well because <laughs> I remember the last time I watched it, but you know, I'm always just constantly evaluating things when it comes to my finances. So, um, I mean, that's, that's a more, that, that's a question that I wish I could know specifically, like what's this person's situation, you know? It's kind of like more specific when you're talking about like the the finances, but the short version, (laughs) I'm not saying bare minimum. I'm just saying do not embezzle money from your own company, from any company, but especially yours. Yeah. And like you said, like you got to know specifics. And then two, treat yourself is an excuse that a lot of people use to be irresponsible. So it's not about treat yourself or pay pay yourself the bare minimum. It's about what is the most responsible decision for what it is I'm trying to do. Mm-hmm. And so like, even with like the, how we handle the business stuff. So everybody know BJ is my accountant. So we talk about money all the time. And so with the tour and then like these two retreats coming up, it's a lot of money that has to go out. Like you said, like these hotels, you sign these contracts, you got to pay for these things. So mm-hmm. I was like, look, when it comes to my salary, I need like, I don't need that much. Honestly, give me my little uh, bare minimum for right now, because as far as like my lifestyle is concerned, 
we're good. Our bills is paid. I don't need like an extra couple grand a month to go do whatever with. Leave that in the business because not only do we have to fund all of these things, I have like goals and stuff I'm trying to do next year that's going to require uh, extra money. So the way we do it is like I'm on a salary and then he'll evaluate at the end of the year, let's say a bonus percentage. And so he'll be like, all right, cool. So we'll set it up to where you'll get a bonus. I'm halfway like, man, I don't need a bonus. I'm good. Like, what? you know, <laughs> thank God. But like, I'm really good. I don't really need anything. Leave the bonus in the business or I'll keep it and maybe put it into a retirement account or something like that. Mm-hmm. But I think it's just important to be responsible, have an accountant, have somebody that you could go to that. So you know what the numbers are saying. You, your bank statement saying you got $10,000 don't mean you got $10,000. Like there's a lot that you need to know. So I think the, some good advice is to just be smart about your money. Like don't, and put policies in place. One thing that we did was he put, he put this policy in place where like, I can't spend more than what's the number. I think it's like $500. Mm-hmm. I can't spend more than like 500 without justifying it and how that's going to yield a return on invest investment on the business. Mm-hmm. So it like forces me to be like, okay, I want to do this. All right, let me do my due diligence to count the cost to see if this really is going to put, bring back triple what I'm putting into. And a lot of times, honestly, the answer is no, I ain't, I ain't need it. And I'll be, and it's, and it's worked so well. I'll be hitting them up. The joint could be like $50. I'll be like, look, this is what I want to get. Like what you think? Because my money habits is I'm a spender. I just throw money at stuff. And so that's not good for me in the long haul. So I got to have accountability for somebody to be like, no, Tatum, that's dumb. Or for him to be like, oh no, that's good. Go ahead and spend the money on that. So Yeah, girl, be responsible. This is a great question for you. This one says, how did you structure your prices and what factors did you consider? Oh my gosh, I love this question. Um, I love this question so much because I feel like as entrepreneurs, we've all been guilty at some point in time of just kind of pulling a price out of the sky. Like I know that for me specifically, like when I first started coaching, I was like, okay, wait a minute, you know, what do I charge for this? Like at the time, coaching definitely was not um, what it is now as far as like being, you know, that much of a big industry. It wasn't like a lot of coaches. So I kind of just was like, what is going on? Like, what is this industry? You know, what do I charge? And so I remember, and don't try this at home because I was dead wrong, but I'm being transparent. I remember when I was like thinking about what I should charge, the first thing that I did was I started going on other people's websites and looking at what they charged. And I was like, okay, well, this person charges, you know, $97 to talk to them for an hour. Okay, well, maybe that's what I should charge. I don't know what that person's expenses are. I don't know who they are. I don't know nothing about that person, but I'm sitting over here and I'm saying, you know, I'm going to charge what they're charging because basically that's like the going rate. I think that when you are structuring your prices, one of the main things that you need to consider is you need to consider what is actually the cost to execute that service. And I I specifically speak to the service-based businesses because I think with product-based businesses, most of the time they do a better job of, you know, structuring their pricing than us. Because with the product-based business, they know they are immediately going to have to put out money for something. So they know like, okay, this t-shirt costs $5 to make. Obviously, I can't charge, you know, 
$5, you know, for people to buy it. Whereas though with a service-based business, like a coaching business or a consulting business, we look at it like, well, I got, our, I, I have a laptop, you know, I, I only need a laptop to start the business. I only need my phone. So we look at that and we think that those businesses don't have any expenses. You know, we think that those businesses don't cost us anything, but that's, you know, nothing could be further from the truth. I always tell my clients that phone that you're talking to somebody on, it costs money. That email system that you're responding to people, it costs money. That whatever you use to record your stuff, I know one of the things that we use any meeting, that costs money. What I use to communicate with my email list, that costs money. All these things cost money. So you have to consider what is going to be the, the actual expense to execute this, this service and what's the number on it. That's one. Then another thing that you have to consider, you got to consider what is the value of this for the client? One thing that I know about teaching somebody how to successfully start a business, teaching somebody how to successfully, you know, leave their nine to five, that's not advice that stops with them. That's advice that they won't go and they're going to be talking to their spouse about. They're going to go and they're going to be talking to their cousin. It's going to become a thing that impacts their entire family just because this person has done it. So that does not mean that you got to hit somebody over the head, but you do need to understand that that service that you provided them with is the gift that keeps on giving. I, there's been plenty of times that I've seen people that may not have been in a coaching program with me in like five years, but they'll be like logging into the system, looking at the classes. And it's nothing wrong with that because we give them you know, lifetime access to that. But just the fact that they're able to do that, that adds a ton of value for the client. Because if you ever want to go and, and brush up on something, you know, you're always able to go and do that. So that's another thing that you want to consider. And I think something else that definitely has to be heavily considered is you have to think about your lifestyle. And when I say your lifestyle, I don't mean, oh, I want to be in France once a month. Oh, I want to go on an African safari. Like, I don't mean, you know, it's not about the lavish things, but you do have to think about this business sustaining certain expenses that you have to take care of. If you have a kid, daycare is extremely expensive, extremely. I'm learning more about that now, <laughs> but it's very expensive. Um, you know, if you, let's say for instance, with like health insurance, like there are some people that are just like super woke and vegan and all that stuff. I'm like not one of those people. So, you know, I still eat meat and that doesn't mean that like I'm unhealthy, you know, because I still eat meat, but I'm one of those people like, I like to have health insurance. You know, I like to be able to, if something if I'm feeling like something is going on, I can go and I can talk to a doctor about this and I don't have to pay for that, you know, out of pocket. That's something with, you know, my lifestyle, because at this point in 2019, some people don't look at health at health insurance like it's a necessity. You know, some people look at it like like it's a luxury, but that's something to me that it's, it's important, you know, to my lifestyle. Um, another thing that you want to consider with your lifestyle as well in, in your pricing structure is what is in, in order to execute this service, 
what is it that I have to say no to? And something I always said to people, and that's why it's not surprising that God has just kind of completely changed up my business model in 2019. You know, when it was just me taking time to talk to people for hours and hours or getting on planes and being in two to three different cities a week and, you know, all that stuff is good. But now I got a husband and we're getting ready to have a baby. I like to spend time with my husband. I like to watch TV with him. I like to, you know, have conversations with him. I like to actually cook for him. Like I'm not that person that's just like, I'm all into my business and I don't like to never pay him any attention. And so to me, every second that I'm spending talking to a client one-on-one is a second that I can't spend time with my husband. When you become a parent, every second that you're spending dealing with these clients is time that you cannot, you know, basically associate with, with your family. And so to me, that immediately takes my price up. If you want to talk to me one-on-one in 2019 and beyond, please believe you're going to be paying a pretty investment because that's taking time away from my husband and my family. Um, If you want to fly me out and you want me to be away from them, first of all, I have a new rule. I will only be away from them for a certain amount of days. If it's more than two days that you want me to be away, then you must be flying them out with me. You know, you got to really set your boundaries because if not, you'll be spread really, really, really thin. And I think as entrepreneurs, pricing scares us so much because we feel like, well, I don't want to price people out. I don't want to, no, I don't want to deal with the headache of choosing this client or choosing this prospect over choosing my family. Like the enemy tries to come in in a lot of different ways. And I think this is one of the ways that definitely gets entrepreneurs, especially women business owners, because we're so nurturing. And so we'll just say, well, I just I, I just want to take this person on. I'll just let them pay pay this and, you know, whatever. And you know that you should be having them pay you way more, but you're just taking less than what you deserve. And then now all of a sudden it's causing problems, you know, in your household. So it's just it's a lot of things that you want to consider when it comes to pricing, but I think that those are out those are the main three things I would say. That's good. Okay. The next question says how to upgrade your mindset to attract the money. So confidence is something that is so essential in business. And something that I'm learning on a day-to-day basis is that there's a lot of entrepreneurs that I come across, even entrepreneurs that have been in business for years. They've been self-employed for years. It's a lot of people who really just kind of are lacking confidence when it comes to business. The thing about it is that it's one thing as a woman to have confidence on a personal note as in, oh, I can wear this dress and I'm going to look fly. But it's a totally, totally different thing to have confidence in a sense of I'm going to tell people that a VIP day with me is a five-figure investment, and I'm going to be able to basically, you know, stand behind that. So I think that that's probably like one of the biggest elements of like just the whole like upgrading your mindset to attract the money. And then I think something else as well, and this is something that I had to constantly remind myself of when I was like in the beginning phases of my business, but 
if God called you to start this business, why would he want you to be broke? Why would he not want you to be getting compensated abundantly from this business? I just refuse to believe, you know, that God feels like that about his people. And so I think for me, something that really helps me just like elevate my mindset is getting more in tune with what God had to say about me and out of tune with what other people were saying about me. Because other people were saying, that young girl, you gonna let her be your business coach. She don't know nothing. She haven't even been in business that long. Like those are the things that people were saying to me when I first was starting off in my business. And it was really hurtful. It was really hurtful because here I was ambitious with all these ideas and basically, people were looking at me as if I needed to go and have several seats. So, you know, I, I had to depend on something. And for me, you know, I, I was really dependent on God. Like, okay, God, you know, what are what are we going to do? I got these bills or I got this. Like, I, I had to really, really, really change my mindset. Because when mindset is something that you're struggling with, people can, I, I can't even explain how quickly people can pick up on that and they will eat you alive. Like I can always tell when a business owner does not really have confidence in what it is that they're selling. So you you have to be able to stand behind your product or, or your service. And I think another thing that helps with the mindset is making sure that you're in the right business. There's a lot of the right entrepreneurs that's in the wrong businesses. And because you're in the wrong business, it's really hard to have a certain mindset or a certain sense of confidence because that's not even where, you know, that's not even really where your calling is. Um, I was laughing before we actually started uh, recording this interview because Tatum and I were talking about something tech related and I was like, girl, you know, I'm tech dumb. Like y'all know I'm not into tech stuff. So what do I look like starting, you know, some kind of tech agency? My mindset would be all over the place. I would be going in the meetings like, um, yeah, I think we offered this. I probably would be stuttering all crazy because that's not where God called me to be. He called me to hire people for that, not to try to be no tech savvy person. Um, so I think that's just that's several things with like just kind of changing your your mindset so that you can really get to the the monetization part. Yeah, I think that's really good. And something that you always pushed when I was in your programs was um the the more that you charge, the quality of people are different. Yep. And when you charging like when you giving your time for like $97 for a six month coaching program, like something crazy like that. You're attracting those type of people. And those are just not the type of people that you want to deal with. Like I've never, and I thank God for this. And I hope that me saying this don't mess it up, but like, I've never had to deal with a chargeback, never. And Mm -hmm. I'm like, and I think it goes to like one charging my worth with anything that I do. And then also just continuously praying and things over my business and the people that's attached to it. But I have had people like who will slip into something and God will be like, no, they need to go. And I'll be like, Hey, um, unfortunately, and I'll just come up with some professional response and give them their money back or whatever. But that, that message of what you charging usually has to do with the people you attract is something that is like, 
that I always think about. And also keep into the top of your mind what you're doing this for. Because the bottom line is what we're talking about. The money is what we're talking about. But that's not what we're doing this for. And so for me, like even with this media company and a part of it being working with people to develop these shows, the overall goal is to dominate media with the word of God. That's the goal is this sphere of influence of the media. This is a very important part of the world. And God wants this to be something that dominates the earth with the word of God. So then when it, how that relates back to my pricing is when I'm doing stuff, I have to charge higher because I don't want to work with anybody. I don't want to work with people who are not going to get out the word of God to the masses. If I charge nothing, I'm going to attract people who are not doing, who are not um, the type of person that I want to work with. And that's just going to cause problems to God's mission. So I think just really keeping to the top of your mind, the big picture and focusing on that will make your mindset towards things a lot easier. Mm hmm. Okay, last question is about tithing. So mm-hmm. she says, do you tithe from your business account? Oh, wait, hold on. She DM'd me because the little box, you know, the little box be like, hey, and oh. it don't be like you ask the whole question. <laughs> It'd be like, sis, you got to get this out in like a I sentence. I'm so annoyed with that. Like, you know, <laughs> so it says, um, do you tithe from the total income in your business and then tithe once again? when you pay yourself your salary or do you just tithe from the business or just tithe from your salary? So either both or either, or. Mm -hmm. So I think that people make tithing so much more complicated than it has to be. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And no, you know, not saying that in a shady way to this person, because I, I was that person Mm -hmm. that was like, well, um, do I tithe after I take out my tax? Like just, crazy stuff. Like, girl, if you don't stop playing a hand over this 10, like I I just was doing the most. Um, The thing about it is that what it says in the scripture, and it's so many different um, scriptures that you guys can refer to, to just kind of see what the word has to say about tithing. Um, But what I have always like adhered to is that you you tithe 10% of everything that comes in. And, and I, I mean, I, I don't know any other way. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and, and, you know, basically like you're supposed to do that first. So for me, there is no, well, let me take this over here first and then let me tie that. Then let me know whatever that amount is that that came in that's coming in. I'm tithing on it like that. That's just it. Um, you know, it's, it's really pretty cut and dry. I think another thing that we don't talk about enough um, as as Christians, especially when it comes to talking about money, we don't talk about the differences between tithing and sowing a seed. Um, it's two different things, you know, mm-hmm. and you, you definitely, I'm not saying with sowing seeds, just go and be giving random people, you know, $5 if you're not led to, but that's something that's two different things. And it's important to understand that because there has been times where God leads me to sow a seed, a big seed, and, and I, didn't, I didn't pay my tithes. You know, I've already paid my tithes. So it's like, that's two completely different things. And I, I just feel like it's a lot of people who are really struggling financially in their businesses, not because their business is not great. 
not because they're not doing what they're supposed to be doing when it comes to marketing, but because they're cutting corners with tithing. And the thing about it is God is going to get his money in some kind of way, like some kind of way. Um, I don't want to get into the whole story because it's kind of like just like, you know, playing out or whatever. Um, but like my husband and I had an entire situation like with a vehicle where basically some somebody was like trying to scam us to make a long story short. And thankfully, you know, we're we're protected financially because we tithe and you know, we sow our seeds as we're supposed to. And God made us aware of that. And, you know, we we weren't scammed. But if we would have been scammed, that would have been thousands of dollars. You know, that would not have been twenty dollars. That's just like, oh, whatever. Or, or two hundred that that would have been thousands and thousands of dollars. And actually, just yesterday, um, we were I think we were like coming out of Trader Joe's or something. And like for a quick little minute, like the enemy tried to just like, you know, come into my mind. And I remember just, you know, thinking to myself, like sitting and thinking to myself and being so irritated about that person having the audacity, you know, to even try to scam us. And I didn't say anything to my husband about it because it was like, why, you know, I don't want to get him upset. But like I said, for a quick minute, I had gotten really, really, really upset. Um, But then I thought about something that had happened to me earlier that day. So to try to just quickly tell the story, um, maybe about seven, six months ago, I remember I had a doctor's appointment. This was like before I found out that, um, you know, I was pregnant. So I just kind of had went for like my, you know, whatever annual visit. So I had my doctor's appointment and then I went across the street to like, it was like a diner or like a breakfast spot. and. I was in the breakfast spot and I heard God say to me, there was like this um, elderly lady. She was sitting by herself and it wasn't like she was like, you know, looked like she was poor or anything like that. She looked very well to do to me, but, you know, elderly lady. And God said to me, pay for her meal. Don't tell her, but pay for her meal. And I'm just like, you know, I'm at a place where when God tells me to do something, I don't have time to be asking no bunch of questions. <laughs> like, I don't have time. Like, listen, where's this lady's bill so I could pay for it and go about my, like, I, I don't have time. So I, um, it was, it was one of those restaurants where they don't bring the bill to you, but basically, you know, you got to kind of walk up and say, Hey, I was sitting at that table, whatever. Here's my bill. So I went to go and pay my bill. I said, um, Hey, I said, I want to pay my bill. But I also want to take care of the bill, you know, for this lady. So the guy behind the re- the register, this is how slick the enemy will try to be to try to bring in doubt. The guy said, you sure? Like, like, <laughs> oh, I'm like, sir, like he, he was like on some like, I mean, you don't know what she ordered. You know, she might have got cheese on her eggs and might have <laughs> added, you know, whipped cream to her hot chocolate. I'm like, sir. She didn't order a Bentley, sir. Like, what is the price? (laughs) Right. I'm like, I'm led to pay for her meal. So I don't care what the amount is. Like, I mean, I I have to pay her her bill. And I don't even remember how much her bill was. It was a breakfast spot. It couldn't have been no more than than $20. But I paid her bill. I didn't think nothing of it. Um, Like I said, it had nothing to do with my tithes because I had already, you know, paid my tithes. That was a seed. I didn't think about that, like, when it was time to to pay my tithes again, I didn't think, 
why I paid twenty dollars for this lady meal, so let me take that. No, that was a seed. So I sowed the seed, you know, went about my business. Um, that was pretty much it. I never had said anything to the lady about it. I mean, obviously, when it was time for her to leave, they let her know that someone, you know, took care of her bill. But that was, you know, I was on assignment and that was pretty much it. So like I said yesterday, for whatever reason, I just woke up on the wrong side of the bed about that whole scamming situation. I was so upset. Like, how dare this man really try to put like, I just had a whole moment. So I had a doctor's appointment yesterday. And I mind you, the hospital is like about a mile from where like this, this diner was at. So I get to my doctor's appointment, but I'm I'm down by the elevators. And I was actually kind of like running late to my doctor's appointment. And y'all know how doctors be petty, like no eating in the office, no eating in the waiting room, but I'm pregnant. So I'm like really hungry. So anyway, I had made myself like this egg sandwich. So I'm downstairs um, in like the lobby area and I'm like sitting in some chairs in front of the elevators and I'm just going in on this egg sandwich, y'all, that I had made. <laughs> So I hear like the elevator open and I'm so busy. Like it's a natural reflex if you're in front of like an elevator to look up and kind of see like who's coming or going. But I'm so in tune with this egg sandwich, again, pregnancy, that I'm not even taking a second to look up. So I'm eating my sandwich and this is how I know God wanted me to, to see this lady. So I hear like an elderly voice. And she says, honey, am I in the lobby? Am I on the right floor? Am I on the lobby floor? Why did I look up and it was the lady who I paid for her breakfast? Wow. And I said, yes. And I said, I said, I said, yes, ma'am, like that. And then I, I said, what? I said, wait a minute, that's the lady from the... And I heard God say to me, that's her. And I know for me to... Like, I have chills even talking about it. For me to see that lady that day... When I woke up so irritated, thinking about how this man tried to get over and tried to scam us, but God protected us from something, that was God giving me confirmation. Like, when I tell you to sow, you listen to me. And because you listen to me, can't nobody get over on you. Can't nobody scam you. Can't nobody. That's why Tatum's not dealing with chargebacks. We see entrepreneurs every day posting about how they dealing with chargebacks, people charging back $1,000, people charging back. I mean, I know people that have had somebody charge back upwards of $10,000 plus. I mean, that chargeback game, hustle, whatever it is that people are doing, it's, it's for real. But a lot of people are not tithing and they're not sowing the way that they're supposed to. And I don't see how people can live on the edge like that in these businesses because the enemy is trying to come for your finances. The enemy is trying to make you believe that you're not worthy. He's trying to make you believe that you're a bum. He's trying to make you believe that this business is not a business that's good enough to make you a million dollars. But God wants to provide for you simply because you're his child. But so many people, when you play that game of not tithing and being selfish, it opens up the door for so many things to happen. I see people constantly posting things of what they're going through and, oh, I got scammed in this way. Oh, I got scammed. And I, I'm just like, anytime I see that, it is a, an immediate telling of what that person is doing 
with their money. And that does not mean that if you tithe and you're sowing your seeds, everything is like perfect. And, you know, it doesn't mean that you don't go through certain tests. But with that man trying to scam us out of thousands of dollars, God blocked that. God said, absolutely not. Absolutely not. No, you not my people. You won't. No, you won't. (laughs) Not my people that got tithers rights that be sowing seed. No, you won't. But the average person, I'm pretty sure that they would have been out of about $3,200. That's how much that was. And, you know, being in a space of tithing and sowing my seeds, and I cannot even explain to people the sense of peace that I have over my finances. And people think that that's about, oh, well, you got peace because you make this. It, It ain't about that. Because God can tell you in a second, just like how he's doing with me this year, I feel like I'm in a place of starting over with Pink Slip Prep School because it's a new business model. It doesn't mean I'm starting over from scratch like, dang, I'm not making no money, but I'm starting over. I'm getting to know things differently with this new business model, with this new set of clients, but I'm so trusting of what God is doing. I'm so trusting that because I'm sowing back into his kingdom, tithing into his kingdom, and I'm doing it on good ground, I know he's not going to leave me hanging. I know he's not going to allow me to run out. Like, even with our wedding, like, I mean, that needs to be like a whole podcast episode in itself, because the way that God came through with the favor, with that wedding, I cannot even describe. I can remember back in like um, November, me and Tim has just started talking about like some of the wedding stuff, like, you know, what's important to you? What do you want? What's, you know, a priority for you? Whatever, whatever. And all the things that was a priority to both of us, (laughs) like the decor, the food, my wedding planner was like, listen, I love y'all, but everything that's a priority to y'all is all the stuff that's the most expensive. I'm just telling y'all that now. And, you know, we went and basically like prayed about it, prayed about, you know, what the budget should be and all that good stuff. And um, I remember when God gave the number, I was looking at the number and then I was looking at my Pinterest board. Y'all know how we be having a little Pinterest board. I was looking at the number and looking at my Pinterest board like, oh, whoa, this ain't, this ain't it. This ain't, I, I need a recount. You know, this, this is not, this is not adding up. And when I went back into prayer about it, God specifically told me, y'all are still going to be able to have your dream wedding, but y'all are not going to be the ones paying for most of it. People are going to come through. People are going to give you guys gifts. People are going to show out. They're going to shut all these things that he's saying. So I'm like, okay, God. So, you know, we had had some conversations, um, like, you know, with like the parents and, you know, the people that you kind of know are going to be like contributing, but I didn't know where these things was going to come from. And I remember it was like the week of the wedding and the last invoice that we had to pay was like the videographers. um, I think it was the videographers invoice. It was the draping invoice. And then it was um, we wanted to do a photo booth. So that was that was another thing. So I don't remember how much each invoice was, but it was I remember it was like thousands of dollars left, you know, in invoices. So. We're, you know, looking at our accounts, we had the money, but we were already over 
you know, we were already at, you know, the limit that God basically told us that we had to stop at. So we knew we're not supposed to be, you know, paying for this. Now, a week before the wedding or that week leading up to the wedding, my husband was like at his um, bachelor trip in Mexico. Like, you know, I didn't want to bother him like, babe, this still ain't paid. We need to say a prayer. You know, I just wanted him to just have a good time. But it was a big test for me with really, really, really just trusting even more. And so I remember one day, one night, actually, I was like trying to sleep. I could not sleep. God woke me up at five in the morning. Five, I'm, It's five in the morning. I'm up looking crazy. So he wakes me up at five in the morning and said, stop stressing, get some rest, stop stressing. I'm going to take care of this. He said, I'm your father. And he said, what do fathers do when their daughter is getting married? Fathers pay for the wedding. That's what they do. And the very next day, <laughs> I had someone call and say, hey, what do y'all have left for the wedding? What's left to take care of? Well, since you asked <laughs> the videographer, this is left, that's left. Whatever bill is the most expensive, I'm going to take care of that. That's what they said. Then the next day, somebody else, what's left? I mean, when I tell y'all at the last minute, almost $6,000 in invoices was paid for by other people. At the last minute, with this baby, me and Tim was like, hey, man, we just had this big wedding. Like, baby Hogan, we love you, but we ain't trying to put together no baby shower. But like, we just was like, we don't feel like it. First of all, we live all the way in Dallas. We wasn't expecting people to fly down here. We knew like whenever we go home, that's probably the only time that we're going to go home until after we have him. A couple weeks ago, what happens? Get a call from my mother-in-law. Listen, I cannot let y'all have a baby shower. We're giving y'all a big favor, favor. God said to me when we first moved into this house on July 1st, before we got that call from my mother-in-law, I remember one of the first rooms that I went inside of and just prayed was the room that's going to be our son's nursery. And I'm just looking at this empty room. You know, I'm knowing he's going to need a crib. He's going to need a changing station. He's going to need his little onesies. He's going to need this, you know, in my little strategic mind, I'm already just kind of adding everything up. And God said to me, everything that he needs is going to be here before he gets here. Do not, this room, this closet, everything is going to be filled up. This baby is so blessed. Do not stress about it. Do not worry about it. And most of the things that's going to be in this room, you and your husband is not going to even have to pay for. It's going to come from other people. Then two weeks later, I get a call from my mother-in-law. I, I don't know what y'all talking about. I'm giving y'all a shower. I got to do that. Then after she announces that she's giving us the sh a shower, what happens? We start opening up the door to leave out and boxes are there. People are getting stuff off the registry. People are sending us that like when you are really being a good steward over the money that God has entrusted you with, he will provide for you. He will come through in ways that you never even, it will be the 11th hour and you will be looking like, God, what's going on? And somehow, some way, something will come through. It's so important that you have that peace of mind. Like people are really walking around. So many entrepreneurs physically sick 
be having all kinds of health issues because of how stressed out they are about money. I didn't want to live like that. I did not want to live like that. So if you are not tithing, if you don't get nothing else out of this this interview, because we talking about supernaturally paid, supernaturally tithing, because if you ain't doing that, do not expect to be supernaturally paid. You have to start doing that. Like, I mean, I hope that this convicts somebody who is who is not tithing. Because whoever asked this question about tithing, God used you to ask this question. People need to hear about this. Like you need to be tithing. And tithing is not no, oh, I make $6,000 a month and I just give $100 to my church. That's not 10%. Get in line and do it the right way. How it's really supposed to be done. Sorry to interrupt guys. Let's pay a bill real quick and then we'll get back to finish the interview. This episode is brought to you by Scentbird. I love to smell good. I love a really good fragrance, but my love for fragrances can get super duper expensive. Scentbird is a luxury fragrance subscription service for perfumes and colognes. It's a great way for you to discover new fragrances without buying an entire bottle. Just choose the perfume you want to try and they'll send you a 30 day supply of it. I have all of my Scentbird perfumes just lined up on the dresser and every day I just pick one and I know no matter which one I pick is going to smell good and I didn't have to break the bank to buy a full bottle. Since they have over 450 luxury brands, I was able to kind of pick my faves that I wanted them to deliver, but also mix things up a little bit and try some new things that I wasn't as familiar with. I even got a few for my husband, and he loves all of his Scentbird colognes. Scentbird is offering listeners of this podcast 50% off your first month today. That's only $7.50 for your first fragrance. Go to Scentbird.com blessed and use my code blessed for 50% off your first month. Again, that's S-C-E-N-T bird.com slash blessed for you to try your first perfume or cologne for just $7.50. Sign on, smell amazing. Let's get back to the show. That is so good. And like you said, if y'all don't get anything from this, you have to type, like, don't play about that. Tyler's rights is so real. And the enemy will yeah. really try to come in and convince you why you don't need to be tithing. Oh, pastors are just out here doing whatever. It's not about none of that. It's about giving God his mm-hmm. money. Because even like this year when my business started to go to new levels, was around the same time that we left our church. So of course the enemy is like, well, shoot, you ain't at no church now. Where are you going to get your money? I'm like, tough, please. Um, God, where is it going this month? Like we, this is fun for me now. Where, where is it going? Uh, this, you want me to give to this, to this place? Okay. Bet. You want me to give to this business? Bet. Like, I don't care where it's going, but I know it's not staying in this account because I have to stay and remain a tither. And y'all, tithe tithe off the gross don't be out here playing around tithe off of the gross period like tip every month the first of the month like all right what was 10 percent of last month's earning bet god where is it going because they need to get this today i'm not playing around so y'all make sure that you are tithing that is like an absolute non-negotiable the bible even says like bring the, the tithes into yeah. the storehouse. And he said, test me on this and see if I won't open up the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing that you don't have room enough to store it. I don't know too mm-hmm. many other places in the Bible where God says to test him. 
And if you are yep. a tither and you're giving your money and you're not, you feel like you're not getting provided for, then you could go to God. He said, put me into in remembrance of my word. You could go to him and say, God, you said to test you on this. I tithe. What's mm-hmm. going on? Like he is a provider and he's not a liar. This stuff that we live by are not lies. They're not reserved for um, the perfect Christians like these are, this is the blueprint that we live by. So y'all stop playing with your business and go ahead and tithe. Okay. Um, so right before we end, just go ahead and tell us, I'm really excited about this supernaturally paid class, this master class that you're going to be doing. Yeah. That's free for blessed and bossed up listeners. Y'all know we got the hookup around here. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so, tell us about the class. So I am really, really, really excited, um, one, to be able to offer this opportunity to people that are just faithful and loyal listeners of your podcast. Because like I said in the beginning, um, people have just shown me so much love from like the interviews that I've done on here and everything like that. And um, for me, like my time being off of like social media, um, like I said, like God just did something to me in that time. Like, first of all, um, increasing, you know, my passive income dramatically while I was off of social media, that taught me something. But then when I got back on social media, I started getting on there and seeing a lot of people like, um, particularly coaches offering stuff like, Oh, um, one hour coaching session, $25 and, you know, just all kinds of crazy things. And, you know, I try not to be one of those people that say much about it on social media. Cause I don't want somebody to just feel so bad about themselves or to feel like I'm, I'm insulting them in some type of way. Um, but it truly saddens me to see these people, one tainting certain industries because you're charging for something that you know should cost way more, but then two, just selling themselves short and exchanging hours for dollars. And it has to stop. Um, It has to stop because if it continues to happen, a lot of people are going to no longer be in business. You know, we're walking into a new decade come 2020. Um, Also, like, I'm pretty sure that is going to be another recession happening. It may not be as bad as the 2008 recession, but it's definitely going to be occurring. And you have to be in a space where you know how to adapt. You know, you know how to thrive in any kind of season and you know how to make sure that you get paid. So what I want to do in this free masterclass, I want to really dive into how I was able to um, really increase like my passive income. And then I want to also talk about like getting over my fear that I used to have when I first started my business with actually charging my worth. Like I was that person that when it came to saying my, my prices, never had a stuttering problem in my life. But when it was time to tell somebody how much I was charging, you can best believe it was going to be all types of stuttering. So I just really, really, really want to help people with that. I also want to just talk a lot about how to properly structure a business model, because that that's another thing. A lot of people's business models are not structured for a rainy day. They're not structured for if something comes up and something happens, how can I still sustain, you know, my business? Um, one of the things that really, really excites me 
about becoming a mom outside of just the joy in that in itself. But I love the fact that I don't have to deal with, oh, you only getting six weeks of maternity leave or, oh, you know, you got to do this. And you hear a lot of entrepreneurs talk about that. But honestly, a lot of entrepreneurs, their business is not even structured for them to take six days off from their business, let alone six weeks off. And as women, you know, most of the people who listen to your podcast are women. Um, as women, we, we got to give ourselves a break. You know, there are some times that I wake up and I might have a whole agenda, like I'm going to be working on this, working on that. But then baby Hokit is like, oh, you are? What time is that? Because at that time, I'm going to make sure you sleepy. You know, you just never know like how things are going to go. But thankfully, my business is structured in a way that if I do need to take a nap because I'm tired, you know, if I do need to just kind of take some rest, I can do that and not feel like, dang, if I take this nap, this bill is not going to get paid or, you know, this is not going to happen. And another thing that I've learned recently as well is success and kingdom success is two completely different things. Um, When I started opening up and talking more about my faith, and I mean specifically like really acknowledging Jesus, saying Jesus, you know, on social media, refusing to acknowledge the universe or whatever all this new age mess is that people talk about. When I started to do that, y'all, I literally lost about two to 300 followers on social media. Um, but again, remember what my prayer was, you know, at the beginning of this year, but most people will look at that like, dang, if you're losing followers, your income is going to go down your income. No, no, baby. I got supernatural faith. Mm -mm. I, I, I serve a God. That's a God of miracles. Ain't no income going down because I'm, I'm acknowledging the God that I serve. No, but if you're not there with it in terms of, your level of faith. Like I, I just firmly believe that God will meet us at our levels of faith. So if you're praying these prayers and you're writing down these declarations and all that kind of stuff, but you don't truly believe that those things can happen, how do you really expect, you know, to, to get to that space? How do you really expect to be in a good space financially? So um, I'm really excited about that. As you guys can tell, I have a lot to share. So this masterclass is actually going to be over the course of like um, two to three days. Um, so I'm really, really, really excited about that. And Tatum has a special link for Blessed and Boss Up uh, podcast listeners. So you guys will have all of the information in terms of how you can register, more details on what it's about and what we're covering. And like I said, it's completely free for you guys. Yes. So y'all know we got the hookup around here. <laughs> the link is going to be in the show notes. So it'll be easy for you to just go ahead and click it. If you're on my email list, I'm going to send it out via email as well. So make sure y'all sign up and join because we cannot, we cannot go to the places and accomplish the things that God is calling us to accomplish if we don't have the finances to be able to do that. And the faith is a huge part, but we got to put the work in too. So Raven, thank you so much for being on the show, for sharing your expectations your I say expectations, share your expertise. Thank you, baby Hoket, for allowing us to borrow your mother for a little bit. <laughs> yes, he was such a good boy. I'm like, oh my God, I can't believe you're not beating me up about not eating Because <laughs> he know, he know it's me. Okay. So he like, I'm going to behave. I'm not going to be the shady baby like I be to everybody else. Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you for having me. Thank you so yes. much. Okay, you guys, that wraps up another episode of Blessed and Bossed Up podcast. I will talk to you next week.